listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey everyone, welcome back to another podcast episode. Chris Lopez here, and this is our third podcast in our Envision Advisors rebrand series. So we're going to run through very quickly the type of brokerage services that we offer. That way it's very clear. You guys know what we do out there. And so run through that. But before I do, I've got Preston Newberry and Jessica Green back on the call with me. How are you guys doing? Great, Chris. Thanks for having us on again. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be here again. So, okay, let's jump into it. So for a high-level overview, what we specialize in is helping people buy rental properties in Denver and Colorado Springs Market. That's the one bullet point of what we do there. Now, there's obviously a lot more in there, uh, but that's the main area we focus on. So we're going to go through the different nuances on there and just talk about those briefly. So these are in no particular order. They're kind of just random the way we wrote them down. So let's start talking off about just buying rentals in general. So when we talk about buying rentals, this is a very broad word or a broad phrase too. So are we talking a single family rental? Are we talking a two to four unit multi, or are we talking a five plus multi? So let's start with single family rentals because this is a very common thing we do out there. So Preston, what does single family rental mean? So single family rental is going to be a single family house, a single family, typically detached house um, that someone's going to purchase for buy and hold rental real estate investing. Yep. And that could be a detached house, a condo or townhome. Yep. Anyone that's listened to a couple of our podcasts know we buy a lot of condos right now because those are just performing very well in the Denver market. Now, let's talk about multifamilies because this is a, uh, you know, people say multifamilies and there's a big distinction between multifamilies. How do you guys want to talk about two to four units versus five units? So I'll jump in here and then Jessica can kind of follow up. But, um, you know, I think the way that uh, we tend to classify in a lot of the real estate industry is going to be residential multifamily, which is going to be two to four units, right? And then we have the commercial multifamily, which is going to be five plus units, so five units and above. Um, and they are very, very different animals to to deal with. Um, and it's something that, you know, we specialize in both of them, but we just want to be clear on kind of how we differentiate the two and what we look at whenever we're looking at those types of properties. And, um, you know, it differs a lot from how we treat the transaction and a lot of the, the ways that we handle it. So, um, you know, Jessica, what else would you add there? I would say that the lending component is often different too. So your standard, you know, whether you're getting a multifamily condo townhome, or I'm sorry, whether you're getting a single family um, condo townhome house and a one to four unit or two to four unit um, multifamily, those those contracts, the lending can all be pretty similar. Um, But then once you get above four units, there's the opportunity for commercial lending. And, you know, there's just more pieces of the puzzle that are moving when you have more units. And it's just a different ball game altogether. And something that that we've really expanded to on about the last year, year and a half, Preston, is getting more into that five plus unit range. We have found, um, and this has been kind of confirmed by deals we've done, a lot of our partners in the commercial space have confirmed this for us, but in that like five to 20 unit-ish range, we have found what we kind of feel like is a, a sweet spot for us. Because what happens in that in that range, and that's really typically a, a you know to us to a lot of our investors, that's that's a, still a big property, but in the grand scheme, that's actually a pretty small apartment building. 
and it's a small fish in a big pond when you get into it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and what happened there is a lot of times a lot of residential agents, you know, they sometimes play in that field and there's just, you know, it's a totally different ball game. And for a lot of the bigger brokerages, a lot of the more commercial brokerages, I should say, it's basically too small for them to deal with, or they might throw on like a brand new junior agent just to kind of get their reps through. And so while mm-hmm. we come in here and our expertise is in, you know, the rental property side and doing all this, we found, I think, a very good niche for us because it's something that a lot of people aren't focused on and we can do a very good job there. Yeah, I think we've really excelled in that part of the market um, over the last year and a half, Chris. And it's something that, you know, kind of, I'll, I'll be honest, fell into our lap as we started to work with clients and, you know, had clients that were moving up and doing 1031s and cool, what's our next step? Where do we go from here? And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's been really exciting for me personally um, on the team to be able to work on some of those deals. And I know Jessica has really enjoyed kind of moving into yeah. that space a little bit as well. So, you know, we're definitely one of those uh, firms that doesn't like to stay stagnant. You know, we're not just going to keep doing the same things. We want to follow the market. We want to help our clients keep moving through their real estate journey. And this is just another part of that process of cool. Where do we go next? What do we do from here? Exactly. Yeah. And I'll add, I'll add to that real quick, Preston, and that we want to be ready when our clients are ready to grow. So we want to be ready and prepared when our clients go from maybe their first couple single family rental properties to being ready to to purchase something that's like four to 10 to 20, pro- 20 units within a property. Um, and that's been really exciting to take part in. And they're like, uh, Chris said, there just aren't a lot of agents that are focusing on that, um, that, that four to 20, which has been really exciting for us. So the next area is house hacking and also nomading. They are, they are different in the way to describe them, but you know, they're very similar and that's very interchangeable as far as properties go. Yeah. And we often use those, we're kind of get loose for that lingo, or at least I do. I shouldn't speak on behalf of you guys, but I, I definitely get interchangeable on those, those, uh, terms right there. But that's where you go buy a property as an owner-occupant, live in it for a year, and turn it to a rental. And you're all you're doing is buying a future rental property by living in it. It's a very um, you know, it's a very hot term right now, but it's definitely something that is a a lot of nuances there because you get a lot more lending components. When you move out, cash flow is often going to be tight, but you also get some a lot more options on there with room-by-room rentals, ADUs, mother-in-law suites that can really make it work. And this is one of the areas that we've done a lot of work in as well, and we've built a really good track record there. And in terms of like that bigger picture that we work towards helping clients go from you know point A to point cash flow retirement, <laughs> um, it's mm-hmm. an amazing stepping stone. I mean, and we all, in one from the other, we've all done house hacks or nomads ourselves, and a lot of our team yeah. members have as well. I think it's just a, the cornerstone to, you know, starting to build that real estate portfolio, that real estate empire, you know, that everybody wants to have. And um, there's so many different levers to pull and so many options and so much flexibility with it that it's just an amazing way to get into real estate investing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people out there think of buying real estate as, am I going to buy it to live in it or am I going to buy it for investment? They don't really know or realize or think that those two things can be combined. There's a huge um, and ground. that's, I think there's a huge middle ground there. Um, and the people who take advantage of it uh, are going to be better off in the long run and have a, a longer term, higher yielding real estate portfolio. So that's one of our specialties. Um, something else we do a lot of work in is 1031 exchanges. Now, we are not qualified intermediaries or QIs. Those are the people that actually, you know, they will take the money from when you sell the property, hold on to it to help you defer your taxes and, and stay compliant with the, the IRS tax codes. But we often are the quarterbacks of it. 
you know, we're months before somebody wants to sell the property, we are putting the pieces in place because it really becomes, in my mind, I, I just visualize always like a big domino, you know, row of dominoes going on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you do not want to get behind the curveball in 1031 exchanges. So we've yeah. done a lot, helped with a lot of clients and trading up is the phrase they use, um, putting those pieces in place. And a lot of times their clients like, like, hey, I want this property to self-manage it. And a lot of times their tenant even wants to buy the property. Like, hey, great. If you've got that in place, here's some resources. Go do that. Figure yep. out your terms. Here's an action plan to do yeah. that. And let's help you put yep. a plan in place so we all know what the end goal is and how we're going to get there. Because it's so, so important with a 1031 exchange with all the deadlines and regulations surrounding them to have that game plan in place long before you even sign a contract to sell anything. Because I'll tell you, 1031s are stressful. Uh, I mean, they're stressful for the client. We yeah. get stressed about them. Um, so we like to have our ducks in a row because you have to know the timelines and uh, all the nuances on there. And, and we touched on it in our last podcast a little bit, but the Denver market is moving so quickly. You don't want to hire a team that might take you three to six months to get the next property under contract because you will miss out on that 1031 exchange benefit. So it is really important to hire a team like ours that can get things done quickly in order to move that process along because you don't want one of those dominoes falling out of place. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. So moving on down the line, let's talk about Burr. So buy, rehab, uh, rent. Say, rent, refinance, repeat. Thank you. <laughs> so, I got your back, Chris. <laughs> Burring here. So this is obviously a very popular term and investing technique. Um, but in reality, burring properties in Denver right now is extremely hard. Uh, and I will talk about this, and you guys can chime in here, is because it's an extreme seller's market. Burring works very well usually in more of a buyer's market. So go back, you know, what, 10, 12 years ago, great time to burr. But I don't have a time machine. I don't think you guys do either. Or a crystal ball, so... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the reality is it's, it's a business. Like, you know, a lot of our clientele, they're looking to invest. They're busy with their, their jobs, their businesses, their, their spouses, their families, all this stuff. You want to go yeah. borrow property? Great. That is a, that's basically starting a business. You guys spend a lot of time hunting down properties, running around, coordinating uh, different lending partners, different contractors. There's a lot of, a lot to it. So just based on all the current market conditions, that's something we currently specialize in right now because it's just, it's a lot of work. And as Jessica, you were talking about earlier, like we can just hit our returns for our clients yeah. just by going out there and buying, you know, buying more traditional rental properties. Yeah, absolutely. We don't necessarily need that added stress, right? And I say we as the general we, you, you out there that are listening, you know, it is stressful enough to, you know, have your job, live your life and start your real estate portfolio. Um, and that just adds a whole nother level of a job that you have to do when we can get you returns. You don't have to do that. You can just keep living your life and letting that um, income come passively and, and grow your portfolio in other ways. Like we don't, we can get the returns that you want without you having to go through those extra steps. Absolutely. And you know, this is a strategy that works in other markets, other parts of the country right now. But with, you know, as Chris mentioned, our current market conditions, it's just not something um, that we see a whole lot of advantage to not to say that that's not going to change, you know, obviously, markets fluctuate markets change. I think the, the long term outlook for Denver right now doesn't necessarily lend to that for, you know, the foreseeable future, but it's definitely something, you know, to research and be aware of and, and understand and when the opportunity is right to do it, um, just not something we're seeing a whole lot of here in Denver right now. Exactly. When yeah. I like to say, like, 
just the juice isn't worth the squeeze for all the work it takes in the place. I mean, none of us are actively <laughs> pursuing it. But when that juice is right. worth the squeeze, because it eventually, the market will eventually circle back around. I'm not holding mm-hmm. my breath on there. Cool. We will be on top of it. Uh, the other thing I will say, you know, for like the people that want to do more of that, the burr strategy, two great things to do. We are seeing opportunities in that five plus multi space to go out there and do, or there's some really good value add stuff to do. It's going to be a 12 to 18 month process as you turn it, stabilize it, do all that stuff. But great opportunities there to increase value and then either pull partial, some of your money out and then put in some long-term financing. Preston and I have done quite a few podcasts or deal analysis podcasts on yep. there, so make sure you reach out to that or email one of us. We'll send them your way. Um, mm-hmm. And let's talk about fix and flips because this is something else that a lot of people want to get into. Again, I put this in kind of the same bucket as Burr's. It's a business you're starting out there to go out there and fix and flip. I would agree. And I think, you know, obviously being in the market every day and seeing, you know, what's going on out there, I would say, you know, 80 to 90% of the fix and flip type stuff we see are all big time, you know, business oriented fix and flippers. This is all they do. They're finding properties off market. I mean, they've created an entire business model just to do this. With lots of employees. With lots of employees. They've mm-hmm. got full-time contractors, multiple crews. Like the only way to make that work in our market right now is to do volume, right? They're not going to make money on one or two flips a year. They're going to have to do 10, 15. Um, and that's just not something that a lot of people have the bandwidth to do, especially as they're starting their real estate, port- you know, rental career or, yeah. you know, something along those lines. So again, there's a time and a place for just not something that we're seeing is very viable for good use of time in, in our market right now. All right, yeah. moving on. What about a fix and list? This is a, a term a lot of people aren't familiar with. So a fix and list. Preston, what is it? Chris, that's going to be something to where um, you go in, you help a client. They've got a house they need to sell that needs rehabbed, right? They want to sell it. They want to get top dollar for it. Um, how do we make that happen? So you go in there, you help the client achieve, you know, whatever rehab needs to be done. Usually it's, you know, lighter type stuff, cosmetic type stuff um, that's going to yield them the best return for when they go to sell it. So you go in there, you help them fix it, and then you list the property to sell it. What would you add to that, Chris? I think you did a great job, but it kind of comes down to just, you know, a math, you know, math number. So a lot of times this is if say you own a rental property for a while or, you know, someone's primary for the last 20 or 30 years. Um, you know, it's in good shape, but it's just outdated. Uh, sometimes there's some opportunities there. Sometimes not in Denver market. That's where, hey, we will go walk the property and express those opportunities. And basically, hey, if we can spend the dollar but get $3 back at closing, let's take that return all day long. Um, but if it's, hey, I'm going to spend the dollar and make, 50 cents or a dollar back, it's not worth it. So a lot of times there's that sweet spot for doing either nothing or some or all the work. And that's something that we can help provide and say, cool, here's selling it as is. Here's doing some very light stuff. Here's more doing a full remodel with a new kitchen, new bathroom. Here's some numbers, how it works out. Absolutely. And we've got some great agents on our team that really specialize in that. And that's something that, you know, we always look for those opportunities and and really enjoy doing projects like that. Right. Mm hmm. And another thing to talk about here is just general like advisory. And this kind of wrap up a lot of service we talk about because, you know, while we are investor friendly agents, our whole goal is to really give you advice. And as you go through this, we always are, we make it the point to walk through it. Here are the pros and cons. Here's my thoughts on there. And sometimes we're like, hey, I know you're emotionally involved in here. I know we're in here, but like, we just need to kill this deal. Like, I would not move forward now at this point. Here's why. Um, and we really take pride in doing the advisory piece. Because in the, the day, is like, you know, you're going to 
go buy multiple rental properties. And if we don't do a good job in helping you buy your first or next rental, you're not going to come back and probably use to buy your, your next one and hopefully your third, fourth, fifth, tenth type rental property. So we really try to play that advisory role and build that relationship with your best interest yep. in mind. We, we want our clients to know that we're partners with them, right? Like we're there side by side in the trenches with them. Like we're we're wanting to get them to that ultimate goal um, the best way possible for their needs. And so when, when it comes down to it, as Chris said, hey, if this deal, you know, we get under contract, something's not right, you know, we're going to tell you, hey, I, I wouldn't proceed. Here's the reason why. Here's the pros and cons or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there might be something here, but, you know, let's look at it through this perspective. And, you know, maybe there's some opportunity on the other side of it. So we really try and take that from a global perspective and, and help our clients you know, through the whole process, throughout the entire, um, you know, career of, of their real estate investing. So two other things I'll throw in there that I just actually wrote down as we were talking is that, you know, we are getting more into doing some like smaller commercial properties and some development opportunities. Again, as we talked earlier with the small multis, we've kind of found a good niche in there. We've got some other really great team members on the bus, to use that phrase, that have a great background in land acquisition, some you know commercial analysis, and we're seeing some more opportunities there in that you know the smaller commercial space, you know, two, three, four million dollar range yep. that we think again is being underserved mm-hmm. by a lot of brokerages out here. So we're moving to that, and you guys will definitely see some more content and data on that because we got some cool projects in the works right now that we're helping clients do. Um, and the last thing is let's talk about finding deals because this is such a, a key word out here when it comes to real estate investing is, oh, I got to go out there and find a great deal. Now, I'm using air quotes, so <laughs> give that context yeah. out there. What's a great deal, Preston, and how do we find great deals? I mean, I think that's the hardest part, Chris, is what is a great deal? What What's a great deal to you may not be a great deal to me. Um, and going out there and finding those home runs, as yeah. we like to call them, is really something that's very hard to do, especially in our market, um, you know, and, and quantifying that for each individual client. So we're very big on realistic expectations, realistic returns, like what, what are you looking for and how can we make that happen step by step? You're not just going to go from, you know... Um, Hitting, hitting the first ball that comes at you at the at the plate and, you know, getting a home run. There's always going to be a process in place, and we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a long-term perspective. And we do, I mean, we we find a lot of properties on the MLS, um, and because that's just because there's a, a lot of properties out there, relatively speaking, even yeah. in a low inventory market. Um, but also, we see our fair share of off-market stuff. Um, we get yeah. access sometimes to, you know, someone selling a 15-unit single-family portfolio. Um, or we see a lot of stuff in more of that multi range because that's usually more like rental investor to rental investor. Yep. A lot of off market stuff in single families, fix and flip. Um, so we see our fair share of all, you know off market stuff, all market stuff. We're basically agnostic. Um, if it's a good deal, I don't care where it came from as yeah. long as it was you know legally sourced. Basically, yeah. um, we move forward, <laughs> we put the deals together, we make stuff happen. So I've got my bullet points here. What other things we need to throw in here, guys? I mean, I think that talks a lot about everything that we do. Was there anything you'd like to add, Jessica? I mean, I know uh, there's a lot of different things from your perspective that bring in this these processes and the things that we do. I know we've talked a lot about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, yeah. but... I mean, not really. I think we've really hit on what all of the different services are that we offer. Um, I mean, the truth is, is we could probably have a one hour podcast on each one of these topics uh, between the three of us just chatting about it. Um, But I just think the, at the end of the day, you know, we are here to help you meet your goals and that's not going to look the same from client to client. And so a lot of what we do is helping figure out how to individually achieve 
your goal with you for this step, your next step. And then, you know, the 20 steps after that to get you where you want to be. Um, and yeah. Great. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, Preston, Jessica, thank you for your time. I know we were literally like two minutes from we have to stop recording. So Preston, you got to do to go show some properties. Jessica, I know you got a ton we, we of... We got to uh, get to work. Yeah. So guys, <laughs> thank you so much. We got to get back to work. <laughs> and all of our listeners out there, if you guys have questions, do not hesitate to reach out. We love talking this stuff and we are here to serve you, help you build your rental portfolio and get the next deal done. So have a great day. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris.